0: Hey, Spoopy Gang, we just wanted to let you know that we are reading stories today, and the first story of which does include sensitive uh, content uh, referencing um, sexual assault of a minor. So, we do uh, understand that this content can be triggering for some, and feel free to skip ahead.
1: Ship that scares us, a podcast about scary stuff. Ah. Hello, everybody welcome back welcome back did you miss us
0: <laughs> if you didn't get out the door is there
1: <laughs> like leave our prisons <laughs> <laughs> welcome to season two everyone oh my god i can't believe we made it to season two
0: <laughs> i know i i'm alive how are you feeling are you alive I, I'm right now
1: alive. um this, this is an interesting scenario at the moment um obviously like we would have posted some news about what is currently happening for us here in uh mm-hmm. old new zealand so um Send us your,
0: your prayers. Yeah, we are in a lockdown for those of you who don't know, uh, for the first time in like a year, there's been a community case and it's the Delta variant. So we're all inside. (laughs) Yeah, it feels really good. So we're going to, we're going to do this
1: can just yeah record some podcast for you
0: <laughs> compartmentalize <laughs>
1: pretty much um but i mean yes that's a bit of a downer at the moment but hey we've got some exciting news um mm-hmm. the podcast has been nominated in the annual paranormal podcast awards um yes we have scored two awesome spots the best paranormal comedy podcast and mm-hmm. the best new podcast of the year so if holy shit i know it's freaking amazing so if you love listening to us and you want to help us win head to the link in our bio instagram facebook just head to the link and cast your vote um voting is open from now until the end of september so the 30th of september um yeah help us out spooky gang and let us win some shit
0: (laughs) you have over a month right now so so plenty of time to do it But get (laughs) on to it please we really appreciate it um so today uh for our season two episode one debut we thought we would read some reddit stories because reddit is freaking wild man like i don't know that much about reddit as a um platform uh but vic is very well versed in the ways of reddit and has kind of put us onto to these like uh forums in which people share these crazy stories so we reached out to a few people got permission to read them and that's what we're going to do today we're going to go one for one um and it's going to be dynamic. It's going to be spoopy. Uh, feel free to get like a sneaky little blanket or like a beverageino or whatever um, <laughs> and get ready to listen to some spooky stuff. So Vic is going to go first today awesome. and it will follow from there.
1: Cool beans. All right. So my story today is about someone who saw the Grim Reaper when they were six years old. I know. Crazy. Um, So this story comes to us uh, via aggravating gate 4242. Love the name. Thank you for letting me use your story. And uh, yeah, let's jump right in. So backstory time. My grandfather was a horrible man. He was dying of cancer. Basically my grandfather abused four of his little girls and ended up doing some serious time in prison because of it. He got out early because of his cancer though. My sweet grandma, despite all that he'd put her through, still took him in. And the rest of the family were very supportive of him during his final days, because he was family and they were kind-hearted people. My grandfather died shortly after in hospice care, and he spoke his last words to me. Because I was six, I had not yet learned of my grandfather's sins. I really looked up to him at this time, and all my cousins still tell me I was his favourite. After he passed, all the families went to their homes. Mind you, none of us lived in the same cities. But I will never forget that night. We'd all just gotten home and we were all very sad. I went into my room and shut the door. As I was getting ready for bed, I heard a faint knock on my window. I peeked through the blinds and saw the grim reaper holding my grandfather's spirit by the back of his collar. I couldn't actually see my grandfather in physical form but I just knew that's how he was being held. The reaper looked exactly how you would imagine. His dark hood covered his face, leaving nothing but the glaring of his dark, reflective eyes peering out into my room. I saw his reaper hook, which looped over my grandfather's spirit. Mind you, I only looked out my window for maybe three seconds before screaming. The moment I screamed, all the lights in my house flickered, I left my room and my sister and my parents met me in the hallway. My mum's phone immediately started blowing up, with the siblings asking if the lights in our house had flickered too. Apparently all six of my aunts and uncles had had their lights flicker in their house the moment I'd screamed. None of them had had a physical experience like mine though. I told my dad that grandpa and a bad man were outside my window. He frantically searched outside but saw no trace of anyone standing outside my window. I think about this experience a lot, especially after having a similar encounter after trying to communicate with my grandpa via a Ouija board. Now, we all know what I think about Ouija boards. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch them. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> um, that was before I found out what kind of person he really was. But that is a whole different story. I believe I was visited for a few different reasons. I've always been in tune with otherworldly beings. Right? Like my grandpa's last words to me were, "I was his favorite because I was a six-year-old girl." I believe. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, That's. I fucking hate him. He's Sorry. just.
1: Yeah. It's not a good human. Kick him down the stairs. Anyway. <laughs> I believe the Reaper visited me to teach my grandfather a lesson, to show him one last reason of why he's going where he needs to go. I do wonder why he wanted me to see it, though. Obviously, it's a pretty traumatic experience to leave with a six-year-old.
0: Um, yeah, so sometimes it's okay to um, sometimes it's okay to forget to give Granddad his medication when he's an abuser. Just saying. Um, Brett has a very strong
1: that. viewpoint of this.
0: <laughs> I hate him, and I dislike him, and I hate him, and I just anyway.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, no, it's uh, not, not a good human, and uh, I can totally understand that he is uh, going to whatever nasty place.
0: Yeah, you mean? Yep, he's definitely going to hell. Anyway, yep. if hell exists, I don't know. <laughs> I hope it exists just for the sake of him going there at this stage. <laughs> okay, so this story is about a lovely day in the country. Um, Thank you, Carolyn, for letting me read this one. Uh, this is the story, the voices on the... You know what? I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you the title because I feel like it gives it away. Anyway. <clears throat> When I was pregnant with my oldest daughter, Mike and I bought a house in Catskill Mountains of upstate New York, in the middle of nowhere. We drove down winding roads for 40 minutes just to go grocery shopping, and most of our neighbors were only around in the summer or on holidays. It was a nice little house next to the creek, and in the kitchen, mounted on the wall, was an old-fashioned dial phone with a coiled cord. When we first moved in, I picked up the receiver and heard a quiet conversation between two women about hair dye. I didn't want to eavesdrop, so I said, Hello? Who is this? The ladies stopped talking. Then one of them said, Did you hear that? Yes. Is someone there? Hi, can you hear me? I said. But then it was silent. No voices. Just a faint dial tone. I quickly decided this old phone was somehow hooked up to an old-fashioned party line. After that, we used the phone very little, preferring our cordless phone hooked up in the other room. The handful of times I did use it, though, I could hear whispered voices in the background, always assuring the other person that the line sometimes picked up other calls. A year and a half passed, and we mostly forgot the phone was even there. Then in September of 1999, Hurricane Floyd passed through our area, leaving us without power, and the road with large impassable trees blocking the way. Fortunately, we were already prepared. We had stored food and clean water in a paranoid frenzy for Y2K, and we desperately needed it all. We bathed in the creek, painted in the day, and played board games by candlelight while waiting for our power to be restored. After a week, the road was clear, but still no power. And it was getting tedious for Mike and me, though our one-year-old Chloe was loving it. I lamented that we couldn't call my sister as the cordless phone that we had didn't work without electricity when we heard an unfamiliar ring. It was the wall phone in the kitchen. I raced to it and I heard the faint voice of my sister. She was just checking in on us and invited us up to her place until our power came back on. So off we went for five days, and when we returned, everything was back to normal. And I was so glad that we had a hard-wired phone that didn't rely on electricity. A couple of years passed, and the phone was mostly ignored, except by three-year-old Chloe who thought it would look better covered in sparkly stickers. The power went out at least once or twice a summer, usually just for a few hours, and during one of those outages, Mike decided to try the phone in the kitchen to make his call, but it was dead. Concerned, he drove up the road to the local country store and called a t and t's service line. I believe it went something like this: "Hello, yes, my phone has stopped working. <laughs> Can I have your account number? Yes, it's xxxx. da 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 da. Oh, I don't see anything wrong here. Well, we don't have any power right now. Yes, that would be the problem. No, but we have an old fashioned dial phone hooked up in the kitchen. It should still work. I'm sorry, but according to our records, you don't have a phone in the kitchen. Yes, we do. We've used it. No, you don't. If you do, it's not connected through us. Oh, okay. After this, Mike came home, walked into the kitchen, and pulled the phone off the wall. The only wire on it was about three inches long and attached to nothing. It was never hooked up. And then she's put in parentheses, spooky mu- music please now, <laughs> which I love.
1: I, I <laughs> so would, ghost I would, phone. <laughs> oh, I would shit myself. Awesome. Cool beans. All right. Okay. Well, I'm also up next again. Yes. One for one. Um, <laughs> so I'm excited. My other story um, today is about a kid who found out why his dad locked the nursery from the outside after all these years
0: oh fucking hell
1: Um, so yeah this is another reddit story from Fright uh, Yagami I grew up in an 8 bedroom farmhouse with my dad until I was old enough to move out of home we always had extra rooms not being used and because of the age of the house plus all this extra space there was always an eeriness like someone was looming in the shadows if I had to get a drink in the middle of the night I would look at the ground the whole time because I was scared of what may be looking back at me from the dark corners, rooms, and hallways. Even the windows and mirrors were avoided because I wasn't sure what I'd see looking back at me. When I was around 12 years old, I questioned why the room that used to be my nursery was locked from the outside. I didn't think it was weird before then. My dad needed a room for storage and I figured he just wanted to keep me out. I brought it up to him one day, asking what's so important in there that he needs to keep me out even though I'm not a child anymore, typical 12 year old mentality. Turns out, I was not entirely correct about the lock. My dad, with a very serious demeanor, sat me down and answered my inquiry. When I was a baby, maybe one or two years old, I slept in this nursery room, on the second floor, next to my dad's room. This room was painted by my sister, especially for me, with Winnie the Pooh characters and fluffy clouds. This type of thing I think back on and appreciate. The effort and creativity was admirable. I have a photo of me smiling at Pooh Bear on the wall while we were setting it up. But I'm not the most tech-savvy person, so I haven't been able to figure out how to link the photo. Anyway... I was in this nursery in my crib right next to my dad's room, the perfect age to be on my own. Every night, though, my dad was woken up by me screaming, crying. He had raised four kids before me, and so he was not in the habit of making first-time parent mistakes. He thought it was probably the switch to me being on my own rather than being in his room like I was used to. He considered bringing me back into his room but of course the nursery was already set up and I'd graduated. For a while, when I cried in terror, he would come and check in on me, only to find that nothing was wrong in the sense of present stresses like temperature, diaper change, hungry or thirsty, etc. He would stay with me until I fell asleep or keep the light on to make me feel safer and then return to his room to get some actual rest. One night... After finally having enough of my distress, he decided to camp out on the floor of my nursery to see what could possibly be stressing me out. But mostly to try and get some sleep and hopefully I would sleep through the night too. This was the last time anyone slept in that room. I was able to doze off now that I wasn't alone. He, on the other hand, was tossing and turning on the hardwood floor, not comfortable enough to sleep. As he lay there on the floor, mulling over the situation, boom, 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 he was jolted to his feet by a few massive blows to the floorboards beneath him, centred directly in the middle of his back, as if someone was on the first floor with a battering ram aimed at the ceiling. His first instinct was to rush downstairs and check for intruders, he is a man of logic brave and ready to defend his family. However, when he got down there, the lights were off, there was no one downstairs, the front door locked, windows locked, no sign of forced entry, no one else lived with us. Our closest neighbour was down the road, a quarter mile away, and why would they break in just to bang on the ceiling, let alone have it mapped out where my dad would be sleeping in my nursery? And the force of the blows... It wasn't normal. After this event my dad brought my crib back into his bedroom and I was able to sleep without screaming or crying beyond needing anything but a diaper change. Normal stuff. He brought the Bible into the nursery for extra measure and cast out any evil that may have been invited. He locked up the nursery and only used it for storage after that and only went inside during the daytime. As I grew up in that house I had a hard time sleeping in any room on my own. Many nights I ended up rushing to the couch in the living room, turning on the TV and watching Disney till I fell asleep. But even then, I wasn't comfortable. There were always eyes on me. There were many more unexplained events from that farmhouse, but this was the most direct encounter with evil my dad has ever had.
0: Oh my god. I know.
1: (laughs) It's, it's the,
0: um, uh, I talk about this reference all the time. Right. But like the reference to the conjuring, you know, the, we've talked about it. The oh, waterbed scene. Yeah. The weird, like, like floor, something under the floorboards is always so freaky. Oh I just hate that.
1: I just, uh, no, big no, big no. What is it
0: with evil things in babies God, and babies? I going not I think it's because
1: like they're so innocent and then maybe just easy targets.
0: Mm. I guess. Yeah
1: um that yeah. was spoopy that was that was
0: spoopy that was oh no okay <laughs> i got my i got my last story here love it um and this is i like to refer to this one as sort of like a um diary entry because it does kind of feel like a, a diary entry that gets updated uh and this is part one of the things aka the dark figure and this was written by real meme deanna jones so shout out to having the best uh reddit name ever okay <laughs> So this first part is in brackets. I need to find out what is going on and why it's happening. I wrote this all down a few months back and I thought I'd finally share it. For the past three days, something has been happening. A mysterious, dark figure has continued to visit me. It's not sleep paralysis, a sleep paralysis demon. I was able to move and witness it. I know it isn't a hallucination. I've felt and seen those before. They come to me through my lack of sleep, but this... This was much darker, more sinister. Day 1 It all started after an extremely long day at work. I came back home at around 4pm. It was a lot of dumb stuff we had to deal with, usual with my line of work. We get told to do something, end up waiting two hours, just not to do it. My day was already not going well. I played video games like usual, talked to my girlfriend on the phone, watched YouTube, and ended up going to sleep at about one in the morning. That's when it happened. My eyes started to slowly open. I don't know why, it was just like I had to get ready for something. But for what? A few seconds later, a strange noise occurred. A set of keys. They were jingling very loudly. It was as if someone was trying to find which one was the key to my room and in a frantic hurry, my eyes opened all the way to reveal the dark figure behind me. It rushed at full speed, and I stood up in horror as it backed off and faded away. My heart pounded. I was completely out of breath. I dashed for the light and looked around for a moment, trying to make sense of it all. Nothing. I got up to get some water, chugged it down, turned off the lights and went back to sleep day two. It was the same thing, almost like a fever dream. The keys jingling, the dark figure running at me, but as soon as I would stand up, it would vanish without a trace. I'm starting to think that I'm crazy. I would see things like this a lot during my childhood. I had many haunting experiences. I've seen many spirits and even had conversations with them, but it all went away when I turned 14. I thought I was safe again. The voice in my head that would constantly fill my headspace with awful thoughts about myself and the people around me was gone. But it seems whatever's been scaring me since I was a child has come back. Day 3 Last night I had a 24 hour work shift. I returned at 4 in the morning and went straight to sleep. About 15 minutes into my sleep I heard the keys again. This time, however, it was closer. I could feel it, its breath against my neck. I could feel the heat radiating from its body, the hatred that it was fueled by. I looked up to find nothing there. Scared for my life, I turned my TV on for some light and switched my pillows so that I was facing the door rather than away from it. I'm about to go to sleep. I hope it doesn't visit me again. It seems to get more aggressive by the day. And that's the end of part one, and that's all we have. And this person could be dead.
1: Oh my god! So.
0: <laughs> no, I don't know.
1: Um, I can confirm. You want to check them? I check can on confirm on. that this person is alive. Um, I got a, a message, uh, literally like not too long ago. Um, <laughs> basically saying that they had um extra information about um this story and a couple others and just um, wanted to let me know so oh. I had a bit more context if I wanted to use them. Um, so no, I can oh, confirm off. this person is, uh, as far as I'm aware, alive and well and was not uh, eaten by the...
0: <laughs> the The being. Yeah. Key, the key guy. <laughs>
1: um, so yeah. The
0: janitor. One is what, One we're is what it, it
1: was. Oh my gosh.
0: That's so spoopy. I also love how it was written in um, like a diary format. I always find yeah, those. Yeah, I
1: love those because it's just kind of like, it's almost like a just a natural cliffhanger of like
0: yeah are they okay Uh, yeah
1: (laughs) oh spoopy
0: log um he's like what happened to them (laughs) oh god that's fucked up man
1: oh my gosh um thank you guys so much for listening it is great to be back we hope you loved this episode
0: we if you didn't uh too bad (laughs) just kidding
1: um also just another reminder please um don't forget to cast your vote for us for the paranormal podcast awards the link is in our bio uh voting is from um voting is open now until the end of september so yeah go ahead cast your vote help us win some cool stuff <laughs> i don't actually
0: know what we win but it would be great to be able to podcast. Yeah, I, I don't know what
1: we win yet either <laughs> um but it would be it would be really nice to actually just like I don't know, have something? Bragging rights, maybe?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Just be like, hey, this podcast, we won an award. You've got to listen to it now because we have won an
1: award. Um, (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Um, Also, lastly, uh, we'd super appreciate it if you could drop us a review on our um, Facebook page. This really helps us reach more awesome, spoopy people like yourselves and helps us grow our audience.
0: Uh, And also, I don't know if we've said this because my brain is that of a goldfish. But we will be coming back bi-weekly. Did we talk about that? In the- yes, yes. Okay.
1: Um, yeah, I think, I've, I think I've put enough um, posts up. But yeah. yeah, if you're not familiar, um, we are now doing bi-weekly podcasts just to help us keep up to date with our everyday lives and also creating awesome content for you guys.
0: Yeah. And... Uh, awesome. The code word for this week is banana. It's not relevant in any <laughs> sense, but it's an end joke. Yeah, now ta- you know tag it. it in the post. Just
1: tag the word banana in the post, and we'll know that. Um, we'll know who's listening. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, thanks, guys. Thank and you so now, much. Yeah, we'll see you next time. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.